Welcome to part two of our interview with Michael K. In case you missed part one, we were talking about his own personal legacy, creating music with his son, the evolution of hip hop, and so much more. Check it out now at skypilotsundays.com. There's been a lot of changes, not even just in my music sense, but for a lot of people, you know, within the culture. And uh, I'm curious how you would describe the changes, the the evolution, the growth of hip hop over the past couple decades. Well, I mean, it really did. It really hit me by, you know, took me by storm just because it, it transitioned. It's what felt like so fast and so drastically, um, you know, the, the past <laughs> couple decades feels like one long year to me. Mm. Um, you know, with the with the auto tune and 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 you know the, the the change in beats with the more the more trap style beats with the more trap style of flow. Mm. Um, it really did. It, it it really threw me for a loop. Um, I think for a couple of reasons I've just I've never been a fan of of, of the auto tune sound and I'm not trying to be like an auto tune like hater I'm just saying for my personal taste it doesn't it's not a, it's not an appealing sound to my ear you know so what I mean even like Roger um, like Roger Troutman even well Roger Troutman is talk box that's okay. a whole different thing okay auto okay. auto tune is a plug-in that you put on your vocals inside a computer talk box is something is a is a machine that you connect to a keyboard and you have a tube in your mouth and you are articulating the words through the tube with your mouth while playing the keyboard at the same time it's, you know what I'm saying? Drop the Michael K. Between, which is the, which is the reason why there's only a handful of people that play talk box versus uh you know auto-tune anybody with you know, ninety nine dollars and download the plugin. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, and yeah, so you you know, uh, talking about you uh, talked about the song tonight, and uh, mm-hmm. with Bosco, like Bosco is um, such a sick top box player. Um, but anyways, yeah. So as far as the sound, like with the auto tune stuff, and then too, just like content wise. I've always paid attention to, to lyrics and to content and I'm always looking for somebody to tell me something new or tell me something in a way that I'm just like, ah, that's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've lost a lot of that in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of the songs and, you know, a lot of the, the lyrics, the content is, is fairly predictable and kind of regurgitated, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, I'd say it's been a hard transition for what's happening in hip hop. One thing it does do, though, it does make me super appreciate when some someone comes out the woodworks with some with something unique and with a spin on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when Kendrick dropped the damn album, you know, it kind of has that sort of new wavey vibe. But like he's hitting different topics. He's hitting different styles, like the music, the, the musicality. Uh, of the beats and stuff like right like I messed with it you know what I'm saying like uh, J. Cole you know and if you are gonna do like the auto-tune thing with that you know with that whole style like on these last couple Lil Wayne records like I'm, I'm like well, yeah that's he's doing it right like he it's got the auto-tune and it's got that feel but he's so clever with his lyrics and he has so many different styles 
and he'll say something that I'm just like, how in the hell do you even think of that? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep, the, that rewind factor. Like, what did you just say? Play that back? For real. Like, I, I rewind it like four or five times just to make sure, like, did he actually say that? Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's how music, I, I, I tend to want to respond to music is the rewind factor. Something surprises me. Somebody says something that I'm like, oh, wow. Or there's a style that I haven't heard yet or whatever. Um, and I feel like there's less and less of that in the last decade or so. But when it comes around, I really do uh, massively appreciate it. You sure, know? sure. I always, I always think back to uh, KRS-One describing that sort of ebb and flow stylistically of whether there's substance or then there's the party and bullshit music. You know, there's this, there's this sort of back and forth where it's um, comparative to an elemental phase where there's the ice age and everything is iced out and big chains and spinners and rims and everything. And then when the ice melts, he describes it as the new growth and that new uh, substance and you get your J. Coles and your, your Kendricks and your more in-depth lyrical substantial um, what lyricism, I suppose, you know? And, and, and don't get and don't get me wrong though too because you know and again I want I'm not saying that I'm 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 not trying to hate on the on the sound and the genre I'm just trying to describe what 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 moves me but like if I'm at like a festival or if I'm you know a spot like that mm-hmm. like you know I'm not really trying to hear that other other stuff like throw that on at like a festival or like a party and it just where it just need you just need to have the vibe and the energy mm-hmm. like. In, in in the right environment and context, I'll I'll get down to it. But no question. If, it, but if I'm chilling in the studio or I got my headphones in or I'm in the car, I I, I want to listen to something that's going, you know, bring up thought music. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Um, you know, when it, 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 it just to recap, then just you know, Michael K is on the show dropping knowledge on me today. I I was under the impression that Roger Troutman was the father of autotune like had had sort of sparked what became autotune later on with t-pain and casey and jojo and you know um so many others but in the example of let's pick a song that like everyone knows right california love tupac with the Mm -hmm. hook on that that is talk boxing in fact not autotune that's talk box okay okay yeah yeah all right, and Chewy, that's another that's another uh, artist that springs to mind from you know 2005 Summer Jam uh, as somebody always being on stage. Dusty Fuller, a couple of these cats that are just like insanely talented at talk boxing, and I never I always watched as you know the t- if you've ever seen it played, it involves a tube like a plastic or tube going up into your mouth. It looks like like a fish tank accessory or something as you're playing in this keyboard and sort of singing these notes it's coming from within you and translating outward through this talk box it's pretty remarkable to watch um but i had no i knew they were two different instrumentations but i thought one informed the other or became the other yeah it's interesting because now it's like the talk box is the talk box is you know a legit uh legit instrument um most people most people have it connected up to uh keyboards but you can't also hook it up to guitars there's people who uh talk box with guitars mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, no, it takes it takes a real skill. The way the auto tune uh, broke out was auto tune was really just meant to um, clean up your pitch so that if you were singing a little bit out of key, that it would put it on key. And at first, really, the goal was to make it sound like you know you didn't want people to hear auto tune. Like you wanted it to sound transparent and not be able to tell that there was too much auto tune on it. And what happened is there was a few artists, and I don't remember which ones were the first ones. I remember Cher did one kind of early on. You had T-Pain who really popularized it. But all they did was really, instead of just having the subtle pitch correction, they like maxed it out to the extreme, which kind of gives you that robotic sound. I, um, I remember what Cher's song you're talking about too. Like the, it takes time, da, 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 da. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember hearing that sort of inflection. Yeah. Casey and mm-hmm. Casey and Jojo, you know, those were the examples in my middle school dances that I really first recall. Of course, that sort of digitalized sound was the only way that I could think to describe it at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on on that intersection of of rap, of hip hop and societal change? I mean, it's to me, it's all it's. uh well, the one thing that I will say is that I, I don't think that there's a, a more powerful voice than hip hop. Um, I mean, worldwide, as a, as a as a culture, um, I can't think of, of of a culture that has a more powerful, a more widespread voice than hip hop does. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that voice is being used for is up to each individual artist. But nonetheless, if I think that if people tap into the the power of hip hop to to speak on what's going on and, and to find ways to speak on it in a way that's engaging, that because you know that's 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 another thing is that you know we're you could get on and start doing tracks about everything that's going on, and if you you could have like a real preachy record that like okay it's got the message, it's talked about what's going on, cool, but like you know enjoy listening to it like you don't feel good (laughs) right does it elevate the people yeah so there really is an art and a delicate balance of okay how do we speak on these issues how do we address it in a way that people are like oh yes i get it it's moving people it's motivating people but it's still like you want to listen to it you want to hear it so you know i think that it could be a huge catalyst um in the movement um i you know one of the things that my earliest going back to one of my earliest memories in hip hop mm. I'd mentioned Cool Mo D but one of my other earliest strong vivid uh, memories was seeing the Public Enemy Fight the Power music video and watching all these black people marching in Harlem mm-hmm. with these signs and you see the, the the SW1s like all marching with you know black combat boots and berets and marching in unison and you know Malcolm X and all that you know all that that's just like I didn't even really understand what I was looking at but I was I was moved by it I never forgot I never forgot it you know I mean how do you forget how do you forget you know Elvis was a hero to most but he never meant shit to me like that that's so powerful like that yeah I've never heard nobody say anything like that before right on a a microphone in front of people in on television yeah they're playing it on television they're playing this on television right you know so I've, oh, you know, since a kid, a kid, I've seen, and of course, you know, I came up in the era that's like when it was like, you know, poor righteous teachers and arrest development and X Clan, and mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot of politically and socially conscious 
and Afrocentric, um, you know, brand Nubian, like all of that. So I, I had, I got exposed to a lot of that even as a kid. I think that's something that we should think about. Not not going back to that sound or that style, but just remembering, oh wait, this platform that we have, the music, like people are listening. And so what are we gonna say? Mm-hmm. What yes. are we gonna say, you know? I feel like it's a little bit different now when you're on your Instagram and or your Facebook or you're on TikTok or whatever and you're scrolling through and you're seeing protesters and you're seeing like police violence and then you know you're constantly scrolling through and seeing these images of what's going on you know buildings burning and people making speeches and then when you scroll and it's somebody doing like a song about you know bitch bitch that I got your bitch and mm-hmm. whatever it's like it loses all of its you know it, it deflates like it yeah exactly you know it's, it's the word I thought of too yep yeah well, so I'm hoping that what that does it creates a little bit of pressure to call out hip hop artists to to touch on to touch on the issues to be a voice for it but not in a way that doesn't feel authentic and doesn't you right. know, nobody want to hear you Cap- know what I'm saying like Which capitalizing capitalizing on the, the on the moment or something in 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 a in a means for clout you know in, in the instagram age or something mm-hmm. um yeah i've definitely taken a back seat you know myself personally using my platform uh you know on instagram and social media now is the time that i'm choosing to listen and not be uh, i'm not looking to speak as much as i am to provide a platform uh where i can listen especially as a white hip-hop artist coming out of eugene oregon that's that's important to me sometimes the best thing you can say is nothing at all for the moment while you allow others to speak mm-hmm. you know and i i encourage my white counterparts to do the same you know what i mean so when i think about what's going on you know as like as you put it you know i feel it's only right to bring up current events surrounding the the shameful death of george floyd the let's not even mince words like the murder of george floyd uh, which have led to sparking a light in people worldwide and he has without question sparked a noticeable movement for change in our world and so this this episode of sky pilot sundays with this episode i was hoping to provide you a platform to speak your mind and address the situation from your perspective yeah i mean i think um, going back though before and, t- and talking about hip hop and, and the music and its role um, I think yes on the one hand addressing the situation directly in terms of George Floyd and, and you know I, I think that there it's, it's important to address that specifically but I also think it's important as artists to start thinking about ways to communicate the underlying cause, the root cause, mm-hmm. uh, how do, you know of how we got there. There's a lot of information that can be put into the medium of of music to help people understand what it is that that we're dealing with, you know. And um, you know, it's it's hard for me to really go in depth to the George uh, George Floyd situation because again, like that's why I've been doing some of these special episodes. Right. Uh, of the bridge trying to explain the the background because it's like a puzzle and you have all these pieces and we're staring at a section of that puzzle that's the, the George Floyd section of, of the puzzle and the you know mm-hmm. the current state of uh, policing 
So we're looking at that piece of the puzzle. But we have all these other little pieces surrounding it that are extremely important to understand so that you get the whole picture. Um, and then, you know, I've I, I been on Facebook and whatever the, the socials and in a lot of cases, you know, just some of the comments are just so ridiculously ignorant, right. you know? Just little things like, for example, this person is a white person and they got killed by police and they had a knee to the neck for 13 minutes oh, and wow. nobody's how come nobody's protesting about that wow. you know what i'm saying that's not like those those sort of things and it's and it's like an example that somebody can even say something like that shows that you don't see the rest of the puzzle you don't actually know the rest of uh the, the history that brought us to this place right right you, you know what i mean so it's like now you can't just argue with them straight up about that particular post there's nothing to really argue it's just noticing that there's a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding and then you have to figure out ways to f fill in the rest of the information so that people have more understanding to work with you know so that their comments and their standpoints are better informed right right you know that seems ignorant to me to just sort of sidestep the the issue that's like distracting from the well this happened yeah but we're not we're talking about this at this moment and you know and you know you know names like emmett till you know this is not a new issue you know so uh to me it, it seems more of a time i've certainly been staying off of social media not looking to just take in any given opinion on 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 the topic at hand if it's not directly affecting positive change like it's just it's just noise from from my standpoint you know so i i know i totally respect your time and i only i know you only have so much of it and it's a super in-depth issue to really dive into and peel back layers on um and if for anyone listening that would like to hear more in-depth coverage on this topic you can definitely check out Michael's Facebook page. Uh, he's actually just launched the first and I believe the second episode of what he's titling The Bridge. And Michael, maybe you could even speak uh, to, to what that is for people that are interested. Yeah, so the, the concept of The Bridge is like a live broadcast show that I've been putting together for the last probably month and a half. Uh, it's like a video DJing show. And the, and the concept is I'm going through and I'm featuring just different artists that I've worked with, but I'm also covering sort of, you know, we, we had talked about some of my influences, like the, the Cool Modi verse and seeing the Public Enemy video. Sure. So in that show, I actually have those videos and I talk about it in context a little bit. And then I play the music video and just kind of take you through the journey of like influences from my perspective, the things that were in my consciousness coming up in, in music. Mm -hmm. um, so I was actually getting ready to launch it that Monday before all of that happened. And I thought, you know, it's not a really appropriate to launch, you know, just a straight up like music show right now right. with what's happening. So I decided to go ahead and get on and, and do a couple of special episodes. The first one, I talked a little bit about my own personal experience with uh, police encounters in Eugene, Oregon. And, you know, I teach a, 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 a program called african-american rites of passage at lane community college every summer mm -hmm. and it's got african-american students from middle and high school students from lane county and so you know i hear their stories as well like every year 
and uh, did a video documentary a while back capturing some of their stories. So I play some of that on there, and I play some little news clips and, and things like that. On the second episode, I go into sort of the, the history of white privilege, being is that white privilege is something that is a very difficult topic to understand and embrace. Like that's, you know, I, I, I hear from a lot of white folks, like they would just call it something else besides white privilege. Like huh. I'm uncomfortable with that term. Yeah. Um, and but that's also part of the, the time that we're in, the necessity to be okay with feeling uncomfortable because guess what? That's what we're talking about specifically. There's a group of people that have not been given the opportunity to feel comfortable in their own environments. Correct. Yeah. And so it's a good time to practice seeing what that's like and white privilege is one of those one of those things right you, um, you talk about working at the root i mean you know there you have it you know it's it's a systemic issue for sure the only way to bring about um you know maybe real change we'll say it, it involves getting outside of that comfort zone and being able to address the elephants in the room you know and and being able to open up the floor to an honest non-judgmental discussion and like absolutely that's the only way to bring it about in my in my opinion you know no i i agree but um especially you know on the second episode and i have some ideas about some other episodes that, I, that i'll probably go ahead and do but um you know i feel like once you actually look at the root of where it came from how it started once you get to see sort of the the pattern and and that the algorithm it, it becomes a lot easier to understand and to sort of accept and like oh okay because then you don't take it so personal. Like, people don't want to feel like, oh, I have, I don't have privilege. Like, I've worked hard for everything that I've gotten. Yeah. Like, nobody cans me anything just because I'm white. Like, no, that's not, that's not what it's about. And so I think, like, in the episode two in particular, like, I think that that could really help people give us, get, get people a starting point and some context. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're dealing with here. Right, right. You know? Right. You know, there was that, I, I can't remember what night it took place on, but I remember coming home late and witnessing a riot taking place. This sort of mini riot, you know, if you would call it that. People bashing in windows at businesses, just seemingly looking to just cause chaos for the sake of chaos. Nobody seemingly there outside of uh, BLM advocates were actually there for George Floyd. It was very much sort of, let's just burn things. And I felt a sense of sort of like shame in the fact that this is how in that moment, in that night, these videos that are going around the internet uh, as this is a representation to the rest of the world of what Eugene, Oregon is or stands for. And it just, it was shameful to me. And a lot of that was alleviated in the next couple days when I noticed how how few people there were that that started that incident, that caused that incident, and then showing up at the Black Lives Matter protest, this peaceful protest in front of the courthouse, I had never seen so many people of different backgrounds, this sea of people there for peace, for change. And that was a message superior that was sent. And I felt so much better about living in Eugene, Oregon when I noticed that that was um, the other side of the coin. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, working downtown and um, 
because I've, I've had the luxury of being able to continue to come to work because it's a private office and a private building. So during the stay at home and, and quarantine, um, I was able to come come here and still maintain social distance and all, you know, all, all of that. Nice. So but, you know, because the rest of downtown was abandoned, all the businesses are closed and there's still, all, you know, these these pockets of people that are coming down here and just hanging out. But with the businesses gone, there's no police, there's no security. It's just, it felt like a ghost town. It felt, it was so weird. And the people were down there and especially like leaving at night, like there were some times I didn't feel safe. So like the things that people are, are saying to me and trying to like get my attention and engage and I'm just having to ignore it. Although my blood is kind of boiling, like all of that was super crazy. So I was up on the roof at the time that the March first came through. So I had a bird's eye view okay. of the whole thing started and i literally watched in front of my own eyes it was like the cats that were already downtown that were already on edge that have been kind of living in this this wild wild west ghost town abandoned downtown scene mm -hmm. that um all they needed was a catalyst you know they already had that pent-up energy so when everybody came through like i said i walked i saw them get up off the sidewalk go start like hitting signs and throwing garbage cans and stuff like that wow. you know what i'm saying you were up on so, the roof witnessing this all come together yeah wow yeah, yeah i had no idea it was even gonna happen i started hearing chants and i'm like what's this right see see the the parade come through and then i watched the reaction of everybody else around and seeing who like joined in and who like yeah i had a bird's eye view so i really got to see see it from a different perspective and that's that's what it was it was already pent up aggression and from the quarantine and these are already people who are displaced and you know it was a free-for-all downtown because there's no monitoring right. and all of those forces then come together it was and a of free course for you're all. gonna have chaos yeah. you know right, right but i don't you can't you can't then superimpose that chaos onto the message and onto the movement because there are people who really are very organized and very intentional and very particular in what it is that they want to accomplish it and how to accomplish it but on the fringes of society there are just that's that's the way it is there, there's people waiting they're just waiting for chaos to erupt so that they can take advantage of the situation and mainly because you know they're the have-nots they've been trained that they've been conditioned that society is a dog-eat-dog -dog world and that they're always just going to have to fend for what's theirs. They're not going to get a handout or nobody's going to come looking to help them. And so you do learn, you got to, you want something, you got to take it. And so when they see that opportunity, all those people are coming out from the fringes and trying to get theirs. What do you feel will move us all toward a positive solution to this issue? It's another big question. I know. Yeah, we might, we, you know, to go in depth, we'll have to, come back to episode two <laughs> um but i think i think I, I can leave it here on the solutions i think number one it's already moving in a more positive direction just because of the amount of messages that i've gotten and comments that are just like hey thank you for sharing like your voice is appreciated i'm listening mm. like the amount of people are just letting me know like hey thank you i'm listening um to me that's that's huge like you see the nfl come out and, and uh apologize whereas like they're like up oh, too little too late not good enough like i also think we have to recognize where there's where there's progress and to see a year ago they would have never acknowledged that they were wrong now they're at least acknowledging that they're wrong yeah. you already have you know like in minneapolis they've already banned police chokeholds and 
Is that right? They're banning use of pepper spray in certain places. So there are is things like from the way people are speaking to the consciousness changing to the now the level of support to the willingness to be open to to, to listen and embracing a, a viewpoint that people are admitting. I didn't really understand it before. I wasn't down before, but now I get it. Um, you know, the amount of legislation and, and actual um, law that's being put into place. And this is just at the beginning. So I think the, the, the biggest thing going forward is to, I think, keep a clear intention. You know, I think having anger is, and allowing yourself to feel anger is important. I think but moving in an intentional way and knowing what goal that you want to accomplish what would it look like to have this issue solved? What would that actually look like in reality? I think yeah. those are the questions that we need to start asking and then figuring out, okay, well, how do we move toward that reality in the most uh, peaceful and, you know, effective and efficient way? You know, it involves some sort of organizing, you know, and I guess, you know, in your circles, how are people organizing to bring about tangible policy asks that will help to empower people to vote or help sway policymakers to adequately fund social programs and reforms and help bring about lasting change beyond the immense power of this moment i mean it really all has to do with people's people's passions and people's expertise you know i know like there are groups uh lcc black student union and groups at the university of oregon and there's other you know local local groups that are sort of at the front line, sitting at the table with the local politicians and saying, hey, these are these are these are things that this, these are directions that we want to go. You know, there's already talks about things like the fact that, you know, Kahoot has been such a successful you know mechanism of when, you know, somebody's drugged out or, you know, kind of flipping out or, or whatever it is, instead of just automatically handling it with law enforcement and arresting them and taking them to jail. Cahoots will show up and actually try to talk them down and give them treatment and try to p provide some actual uh, alleviation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not just get them off the streets and lock them up because they're having a meltdown. They're trying to actually come in and, 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 and help. Um, and then the police come and are more of a support, right? They're not directly engaging. They're just, in case things go sideways, they're there to support. And so you know things like that now now people locally are looking to kind of double down on that and maybe propose higher funding for cahoots less funding for police you know see, working more on that system using that system as a model to maybe propose to other communities and so you know you've got people on the front lines of that and then like for myself you know we're getting ready to have next saturday this uh concert at Alton Baker Park and one of the main missions is to promote black local black businesses okay um, so you know you have those organizers on the front row or on the front lines you have people like myself that you know I can come in and use my gifts you know music and the things that I have to offer and I can bring that to the table it's like everybody brings what what their specialty and what they're good at you know and what their passion is and then once you all come together for the same cause that's that's where I think you'll, you'll see real change happen. Now, now the main challenge is going to be to sustain this right. momentum. Right. Because, you know, you know, it's so easy in the next two weeks to forget about it. And to, you know, something else has got our attention. So right. that's, that's the main challenge now is, I think, sustaining this 
momentum. 100%. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. With all you've experienced, both in music, I mean, what a what a time to be alive, right? Like, oh, for sure. To witness it's the, it's this, the, it's the craziest period that I've lived in my 41 years. I'm mm-hmm. just wild. Well, with all you've experienced in music life and personal life, where do you feel you are along the journey to happiness and success? <laughs> At the very beginning, had <laughs> a baby. It's a very like literally like yeah. I feel like I'm just getting started. Mm-hmm. You know, getting started. I feel like up. I'm just getting started. That's what's up. That's that's that is the definitive correct answer. <laughs> if there is one to me, I, you know, like no wrong answer here. But I always have that feeling. You know, uh, I I can relate. You know, nobody wants to. I always take it to the fridge analogy. Like as a as a painter, you don't necessarily want to show everyone your crayon drawing that you painted in kindergarten that you want to show off your latest masterpiece and you're always mm-hmm. in the process of painting that masterpiece and etching away at it mm-hmm. so i i love that i love that response man mm-hmm. well one last thing what is one album that we should all be listening to right now um the album that caught my attention right now that i'm probably gonna give a few more listens to is that new run the jewels album Oh, okay. I have not even listened to track one of it yet, but I know it. You should probably do yourself a favor and check it out. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to do that today. New Run of Jewels. Jewels 4. 4. Album's just called 4, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it's just RTJ4. It's like the Avengers of um, hip-hop. Well, I mean, like we were just talking about, like, hip-hop needing to be able to address the issues and, and... you know, kind of find that balance of being authentic, but also touching on the issues. And, you know, I'd say Killer Mike in particular, like, oh, yeah, is not only, you know, it, yeah, he's yeah. You just check out that. Check out that record right there. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> most. De- I mean, you had me at Killer Mike. He's yeah, he's definitely a peace advocate and, and super informed. And I never even knew, speaking of middle school dances, I remember when Outkast, the whole world was playing. I didn't know who Killer Mike was. You know, I didn't know who Killer Mike was yet, but it took it took eventually the QD3. If you if anybody remembers the QD3 DVDs, you know, the beef DVDs and a lot of the hip hop culture explored uh, through QD3. They put out some amazing content at the time in the early 2000s. And Killer Mike was um, usually on on there in some segment and, 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 and given some free game. So dungeon family. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's a whole... We're going to be here for another hour. So I guess at this point, before we wrap, is there anything else or is there anything that you're currently working on that you'd like to share? And where can people find more of you and your work? Um, I think um, the the main two things that might be good to check out right now are the two special episodes of The Bridge that I have up just so that you can see, you know, kind of get that perspective and get a little bit more context um, I think that'd be cool to check out and then to keep keep tuned for more episodes of The Bridge, uh, including the original uh, music-based uh, concept, which I've got like 19 episodes ready to ready to do, <laughs> like ready mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, that Sage Crow EP is about, to, we're just finishing up mastering for that. So that Sage Crow EP is about to be dropping here in a few weeks. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, we're about to be going into the studio with the, with the larger collective to to record some of those uh some of our newer records uh yeah there's yeah there's a lot of musical stuff in the works some of it's secret right now 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Hopefully we can get I that. Mean, you know, I've, the ex- I've told you. I've told you some of the secrets. Yeah. I just haven't gone public yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe we can. You know, maybe down the line we can. Uh, you know, get that exclusive world premiere. You know. Yeah. Um, for so. At uh, you are at Michael K Media on Instagram, and this Facebook video can be found on your Facebook. What's your handle uh, for Facebook? Just for the sake of of simplicity, if you go to Studio Five Four One Productions. Hmm. On Facebook, you'll be able to find my my stuff there. Okay, okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. People check that out. All right. Um, and on that note, that's our time for this episode. Much love to Michael K for being on the show today. What did you think of the episode at home? What does legacy mean to you? What are you choosing to do to bring about change and equality? Drop us a line and let us know when you follow at Sky Pilot Sundays on Instagram. Let me know at the real SkyFi. Like the Sky Pilot Sundays page when you head over to Facebook and check out the video. And of course, use that hashtag Sky Pilot Sundays. If you learned something interesting and valuable today or know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please do us a solid like, share, rate, and review this thing. Once again, a shout out to our sponsors at Broden Creative Media. That's B-R-O-D-O-N Creative Media and at Robert Carlton D-G. You can find every episode of this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Make sure to subscribe to Sky Pilot Sundays and never miss an episode. For all things Sky Pilots, fly over to skypilotsundays.com. Whatever donation you can make, big or small, let's do what we can to donate to every BLM advocate worldwide. Till next time, this is SkyFi. Peace and love, Sky Pilots. Over and out.